I am thankful for your world created in beauty, for your love given abundantly, for your provision accepted daily. I am thankful. I am thankful for your head crowned with thorns, for your hands scarred by nails, for your back bruised and torn. Lord, I am so thankful. I say thank you, Lord, by serving the hurting, by feeding the hungry, by encouraging the hopeful. It is amazing to be part of your body to act as your hands and feet, to bend my back in service to you. Lord, I am so thankful. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. All right. Go ahead and take your Bibles, please, and turn to Psalm 107 this morning. Incredible worship service. Amen. You know, this coming Thursday, of course, we'll be celebrating Thanksgiving, and we're going to be gathering around our tables with different friends and family, and uh, it's going to be an incredible time. And we're, you know, we will probably at some point say what we are thankful for, and we're going to talk about the fact that we're thankful for our families, and we're thankful for our health, and we're thankful that we live in America, thankful for our church, thank you for our children, our grandchildren, for financial security for the food that we have to eat, and on and on. And, you know, the truth is, especially because we live in America, the list really could go on and on and on. But, but here's what, and by the way, this started, are you ready, at 2.45 in the morning. Judy woke up and said, I need a pain pill. And then my mind started thinking about this message. And I said, I said God, we all have so much blessings that we have. But the, the greatest blessing was found on a Savior, with a Savior on the old rugged cross. And while we all have many stories that know Jesus, there really is only one, the story. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. In Psalm 107, the background is, is that after 70 years of being in exile, 70 years of being moved from their homeland, 70 years of being captives in a foreign land, the children of Israel, God had said 70 years, and not, not year 65, not year 68, not year 69, but the 70th year, he said, okay, it's time to go home. And the story that you're about to see in Psalm 107 is a story of praise and thanks that God's people sang when he brought them home, when he delivered them, when he redeemed them. And what I want you to see today is their story is really our story. Because you see, all of us, because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God, all of us have been exiled away from God. But the greatest story ever told is that God is in the business of bringing people home. Not home for Christmas and not home for Thanksgiving, but home for all eternity. 
And that's what the story is about today. And by the way, at the end of our service, we're going to have an incredible opportunity for many of you to share your testimony on cardboard. I'll let you know when we get toward that end of the part. If you'll just get up quietly and move to the back and get ready to line up. And we're going to let the people of God proclaim the message, their story, of what God has done in their lives. Now today, if you've got your sermon sheet, you'll see that first off, it's a story of redeeming. The Bible says there, and I'm using the Holman Christian Standard Version, the Bible says in verse number 1, give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. It's a logical, it's an imperative, but it's a logical imperative. Now, this is the word Yahweh. This is the personal name for God. This is the God, now come on now, this is the God who sees all. See, sometimes you think in your life that He's forgotten you, that He don't know where you are, that He's blind to your circumstances, but I want to tell you today about a God who sees all. I want to tell you about a God who knows all. You, you, you may go and I'll talk to people sometimes and they'll say, Oh, Brother Dwayne, you just don't know what I'm going through. And the truth is, I don't know what you're going through. Or I'll hear someone uh, in the label say, Sir, you just don't know what I'm going through. I know we don't know what you're going through. But I want to tell you today about a God who does know what you're going through because He knows everything. So, so He sees all, He knows all, and here's the best part. He's greater than it all. There is nothing that we're going to face there's nothing that we're going to face that's greater than our God. That is, and that's why it's logical. That's why it makes sense for the, for the psalmist to say, give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to Yahweh, a personal God. Not, not a God who gave the earth a spin one time and said, y'all figure it out. But a God who is intimately involved in our lives and our being. Give thanks to that personal God. And then here it is. He says, for he is good. Now you might say this. You might say, well, when exactly is God good? All the time. Come on now. God is good all the time. He, he's good when the boss walks in and says, I'm going to give you in this austere uh, economic situation we're in, Listen, our company's been blessed, and I want to give you a 10% pay raise with stock options. Oh, he's good. Amen? He, he, he's good when you find out on Saturday before you preach on Sunday that God's going to mess around and bless you with another granddaughter. God, God is just good. He, he's good. He's good. When, when you've when you got your family there around the turkey dinner and all is well, and you've got this bounty of food, he's good, isn't he, Brent? He's good. But I want to tell you something else. He's good in the darkest moment of your life. God is good at the darkest time of your life. When you're stretched out on a gravel parking lot on a Tuesday night in the darkness with a broken arm, I will tell you, God is still good. See, and when you're facing cancer, when the doctor's already said you've got stage four cancer, I want to assure you that God is still good. And when the boss walks in and he doesn't have a 10% pay raise, he's got a 0% pay raise. In fact, your pay is going down to zero because he's fixing to give you the pink slip. I want to assure you that God is still good. And when your kids don't turn out exactly like you wish they did, in fact, they turn exactly opposite of what you thought they would, God is still good. When your marriage is falling apart, God is good. When your life is falling apart, God is good. When your health is falling apart, God is good. God is good all the time. But listen, here's what we want to do. We want to allow our circumstances 
to dictate the goodness of God. And goodness is a characteristic of God that cannot be dictated by your circumstances. And the biggest step of faith you'll ever take is when we finally realize that God is good regardless. These folks had just spent 70 years in exile because of sin in their country. God had sent them in exile for 70 years. But when that year of Jubilee came from them, when God finally said, game over, when God said, class is done, they said, listen, all along, God is good. And then he goes on and says this, His faithful love endures forever. Not only is God good, but His love is good. His faithful love, his enduring love, means this. God's love is unconditional. Now, come on, Baptist, you need to like that, because I know a lot of y'all's lives. I know my life. I'm glad God doesn't say, uh-oh, you exceeded the limit. Kind of like your credit card. When you go to Walmart one too many times, and you slide the card, and it says, I don't think so. Y'all been there? Huh? When your debit card, you slide your debit card, and it says, uh-uh. I'm glad when God slides His love debit card, it just keeps on going. It, it's the ever-ready battery. It just keeps on going. I, I'm, glad, I'm glad when God slides His Visa card of love, it's got an unlimited credit balance. His love is unlimited. His love is unconditional. How about that? You need to know that. Because some of y'all sitting there going, I'm only here in church because my wife made me come, or it's Thanksgiving, or my child was singing, or my grandchild was singing. And you know, I, I've not been in church in a long time. And Dwayne, if you knew who I was and what my past was, you wouldn't even let me in the building. Honey, we'll let you in the building. And God, and God will let you in the family. He'll let you in the family because His love is unlimited. His love is unconditional. Now watch this. This work gets really good. Give thanks to the Lord because He's good. No matter what the circumstances are, He is good. His faithful love, His unconditional love, His unlimited love endures forever. Now watch this. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that He has redeemed them. In other words, let those who have been redeemed, let their story be about redemption. Now, all of you're going to hear all kind of God stories. You know, I'm, I'm really grateful that God's hand has been with us this week in this episode of a broken arm. Some of you have been through accidents. You, you've been to the doctor. You've been to financial crises. And you've seen the handiwork of God in so many different ways. But notice what the psalmist says. When it comes down to the story, say the story. Now, I'm, not, I, I'm talking about when you're sitting around a campfire and somebody says, hey, tell us your Favorite story? Our favorite story about God ought to be this. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that He's redeemed them from the hand of the foe. Let the redeemed, let the ones He's brought back. Let the ones who were in captivity and have been brought home proclaim, Hey, God brought me home. I was out there in captivity. Let my number one story be, God brought me home. Our creative purpose as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ is to tell others that there's a redeeming God and no matter what you've done, He'll redeem you. He'll bring you back home. How incredible, guys. 
How incredible. You know, we love to hear the stories of the great miracles. We love to hear the stories of the financial miracles. But there is no greater miracle and there is no greater power demonstrated on the day when Jesus Christ died. He said it's finished. He paid the price that people like us could be forgiven of our sins. It gets no better than that. You know, it's funny. At 2 o'clock in the morning, 2.45 in the morning, I start thinking of songs. And I forgot what we were singing today. But I said, you know, for some of you, the story might go like this. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. You see, I once was lost, but now I'm found. T'was blind, but now I see. For some of you, your redemption story is best described in amazing grace. For some of you, in honesty, I, this morning I was singing this. I was sinking deep in sin. Come on now. I was far from the peaceful form. Very deeply staying in sin. Sinking. I Listen, I was sinking. And I wasn't going to rise anymore. Come on now. But then the master of the sea, he heard my despairing cry. And from the waters, he lifted me. Now safe am I. That might be your story. Come on now. Listen. And listen to this one. Listen to this one. We, man, we've got to relearn this one. Listen. This is one of our new hymns. I once was lost in darkest night, yet thought I knew the way. The sin that promised joy in life had led me to the grave. I had no hope that, God, you would own a rebel to your will. And if you had not loved me first, I would refuse you still. But as I ran my hell-bound race, indifferent to the cost, you looked upon my helpless state and led me to the cross. And I beheld God's love displayed. You suffered in my place. You bore the wrath reserved for me. Now all I know is grace. Hallelujah! All I have is Christ. Hallelujah! All I have is Christ. I don't know how your story sounds. But the story in your life, if you know Jesus Christ, the one story you've got to tell, before you tell of the miracles, before you tell of financial deliverance, the one story every believer's got to tell is the story of redemption. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that He's redeemed them from the hand of the foe. He's gathered them from the lands, from east and west and north and south. He brought them home. He brought them home. He brought them home. And if you're here today, and you know Jesus Christ as Savior, He brought you home. In fact, let me just, look at the story of rescue. It, bet, it describes it perfectly. Now, now the, the Holman Christian Standard uses the word some in verse number 4, but literally it is they, it's all, it's they. They wandered in the desolate wilderness. Desolate wilderness, hopeless. They were homeless. They were helpless. They, they, they wandered in this desert. They wandered. They had no purpose. It was like going around in a circle in life. And, and the thing that they called life was a wilderness. Oh, they had toys. They, they had the toys. They, they had trucks and electronics and a job and a vacation house and all of that. But you see, without Jesus... Those toys just don't satisfy long. 
Can I have a witness? Trucks get old. Cars get boring. Even electronics, you've got to have the next new one. They wandered in desolate wilderness, finding no way to a city. See, the city represented security and safety. These people, and we before Jesus, we were homeless. There's no safety. There was no security. Jesus described us this way. We were like sheep without a shepherd. And it goes on and says this. They found no city where they could live. They were hungry and thirsty. They were helpless. They knew the need. Spiritually, our stomachs were gallon. We, we were thirsty but didn't know what would satisfy. And there was nothing we could do about it. And their spirit failed within them. They were hopeless. Look at verse 6. Then, at rock bottom. Now, I'm talking about us now. When we were finally at a point, when we said we're homeless, we're helpless, and we're hopeless, then, at rock bottom, not halfway down, not some of the way down, when we reached the point, we realized, oh my goodness, I'm lost, I'm depraved, I have nothing to bring God. If I had to die, I'm going to split hell wide open. Then, we cried out to God. Come on, children. That's it. You should just be shouting bad this. At that point, when we were homeless, helpless, hopeless, we cried out. And God could have said, not home. Ain't there. Done sin too much. Wrong skin color. Not enough money. But you know what he said? Come on. Come on. Come on. And that's what he's saying to you today if you've never done that. Come home. Come home. He says, he says in this verse, he says, hungry and thirsty, their spirits fail. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He rescued them from their distress. Have you all heard about special operation teams? Remember when they went in and shot, shot Osama bin Laden? That was a special ops team. I want to tell you about the ultimate special ops rescue. The Bible says there was none righteous. No, not one. All had sinned. And come short of the glory of God. And whether you count yourself a pretty good person, whether you count yourself a moral person, whether you count yourself a big sinner or a little sinner, the truth is, we were doomed to hell. Nothing we could do, not giving money, not being a badness, not going to church, not singing songs, nothing we could do could change that. But Jesus was God's special ops team. And starting next week, we're going to talk about it. 2,100 years ago, He invaded this earth. Not then as a mighty king. Come on now. Not as a mighty king, but a little tiny baby. He was born of a virgin, born without sin, lived a perfect sinless life, and at the age of 33, submitted Himself to death on a cross in that He died. He said, it is finished, and He did so that our sin could be paid for. The wrath of God, the wrath of God poured out on Him so it did not be poured out on us. How incredible, guys. How incredible. He rescued us. Let me tell you something. We were in need of rescue. When the 101st Airborne in World War II was holed up in Bastogne, and Patton's 3rd Army showed up and broke through the German lines, and they said, we are here to rescue you. 
of which the 101st Airborne said, who said we needed rescuing? They did. They had no food. They had no doctors. They didn't have any bullets. But in their pride, they said, who said we need rescue? And listen, the only thing that will keep you from heaven, it's not your past. It's not what you've done. It'll be your pride. All God's waiting for you to do is say, I need you. And He goes, here I am. What a wonderful specialized rescue. He, he rescued them from their stress. He led them by the right path. Notice the right path. How many paths? The one. Jesus is the way to heaven. There's not a Catholic way. Come on now. There's not a Catholic way. There's not a Pentecostal way. There's not a Methodist way. And there is not a Baptist way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to God, my Father, but by me. God is not pressed with your Baptist name tag. He's not impressed with your Presbyterian name tag. You just can't impress God. But His Son can and did and said, if you'll receive me, then you could come into the family. Isn't that incredible? Now that's something to be thankful for. So he said, I will give them a right path to go to a city where they can live. A new kingdom. A new citizenship. And one day, in case you ain't figured out, by the way, you can check with Randy Reed to see if I'm right. But you ain't going to get out of this world alive. But for those of us who know Jesus Christ as Savior, not for Baptists or good or ordained or whatever, for those of us who know Jesus Christ, we're just moving addresses. We're going to a different city. Come on now. We're going to a new home. He's leading us to, by the right path to a new city, and that place is called heaven. Come on now. Heaven. And it's much better than what you got here. You know, I heard a rumor, and I don't know if it's true. I heard there's not even taxes in heaven. And they balance the budget. In fact, you know how, you know how wealthy the economy of heaven is? They just paved their streets with gold. Come on, Baptists. They just paved their streets with gold. That's all. Come on. Yeah, come on. It's all right. I see you've got an extremely, you've got an extremely wealthy God if He can pave the streets with gold. Leads us down to this last one. A story of reaching. I get this. What do you do when you're rescued? What's your response? What's the appropriate response to a rescue? So let's say... I'm out ice fishing with Brother Brent. Okay? And I'm there, and all of a sudden the ice cracks, and I go in. Okay? Brother Brent, being the strong hero that he is, prostrates himself on the ice, stretches out as my fingers slip beneath the cold icy water, and grabs a hold and pulls. What's the response? It took you long enough. You know I'm the senior pastor. <laughs> no! The proper response when you're rescued is to tell the rescuer and everybody else, Hey, did you hear what Brent did for me? I won't spend the rest of my time. Hey, did you? Listen, I'm only here because Brent risked life and limb to pull me out of the broken eyes. Let me tell you something. What's our job as the redeemed? Tell the rescuer and everybody else. Look what he says. 
Let them give thanks to the Lord. God, thank you. But, but Dwayne, I'm just not as rich as I wish I was. I've always wanted to live out there in that country, country club estate. And Dwayne, I have to sell for Southwest Acres. I just don't think it's fair. Honey, you're not going to hell. You will never feel the fires of hell. Be grateful. I don't care if your car's 15 years old. I don't care if your body hurts or don't hurt. I'm telling you, we've got reason to be thankful. And it's Jesus Christ. It's enough. It's enough. Let them give thanks to the Lord. Well, well, what should we be thankful for? What should we tell Him? And what should we tell others? For His faithful love, His unconditional love, His, His unlimited love, and His wonderful works for all humanity. Telling everyone. See? What we're supposed to be doing, guys, not just the hired holy guys, not just the deacons or the Sunday school teachers, our job is, is to tell our story, what God has done for us, to everyone. That includes the church families. We're fixing in a few moments. But it includes a world out there. And you see that where he says the wonderful works he did for who? For a select few? No, for all humanity. This was not about Americans. This wasn't about Baptists. This is about for God so loved who? Say it louder. The world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What we are about is telling our story, not any story, but the story of God in our lives. You know what that means? we got to go. we got to go across the street. we got to go two blocks down. We've got to go to Chicago. We've got to go to, to Salt Lake City. We've got to go to Canada. We've got to go to Nicaragua. We've got to go to Haiti. We've got to go to Mali. We've got to go to Niger. We've got to go. You see these flags up here? Those represent the bulk of West Africa. See those flags? Millions of people represented. Way less than 1% know Jesus Christ as Savior. It's a pocket of darkness. And it's not the only pocket. The Pacific Realm is huge in lostness. And we've been redeemed. We know the story. We know, for God so loved the world. Many of them have never even heard it, Brent. Never even heard it. And our job is to go. Now, now not everyone's called to go. Please understand that. Now, we're all called to go somewhere. You're called to go to your neighbor. Come on now, you can't get out of that. You're called to go across the street or two blocks down, or you're called to go to Chicago. You're called to go. We're all, if you've been redeemed, because it said, it said, it said, let, let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that He has redeemed them from the hand of the foe. We're all called to proclaim. We've got a story to tell. And we need to give. Guys, when Judy told me that our goal for this church was $40,000. I literally shook my head. It's only 3% than last year's offering. But it's kind of like turning 60 in a couple of years. I'm going, you know, 55 wasn't too bad, but like 60 is like beyond AARP. 
You know, that's when you start signing up for nursing homes and stuff. When she said 40, I said, God, how can that happen? I don't know why I asked the question. It happens through the obedience of God's people. And guys, listen. I'm just telling you, the need is great. For some reason, God's put His financial hand on our church. As far as I know, no other church has the offerings and the budgets that we have and the offerings we have. And I'm not tooting anybody's horn. I'm just saying God's got His hand. And we need to be faithful in this. We need to be faithful in this. I don't know what God will do, but I'm asking you, like I wrote my article, pray and say, God, what do you want me to do for Lottie Moon Christmas offering? Because we've got a mission to give to and to go to. Give to the budget for the missions locally. Give to Annie when the time comes. Because let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that they have been redeemed. That's what we're about. You know, it's, it all boils down, I guess. I got this verse on the bottom of your page again. Give thanks in everything. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in everything. How, how do you do that? Look at everything through the lens of the cross and eternity. Through the cross and eternity. And it changes our perspective on how we're thankful. It changed our perspective on verse 9. For he has satisfied the thirsty and filled the hungry with good things. There's a time before we met Jesus that we were thirsty and hungry. And he satisfied us. And he wants to satisfy the hunger and the thirst spiritually for every man, woman, and child on planet earth. We've got to go. And we've got to tell. We've got so much to be grateful for, guys. I told a story on Wednesday night or Sunday night about Fanny Crosby. You know her? Wrote lots of hymns. When Fanny was about, I guess it was probably five years old, maybe seven years old, she had an eye infection. And um, the doctor unknowingly put poison, I think it was acid, but poison in her eyes and blinded her. She wasn't born blind. She was blinded by a doctor who thought he was doing the right thing and was not. And incredibly, this girl grew up with that knowledge and with that affliction being challenged with, with blindness. And you know what she did? She received Christ, yes, but she spent her adult life writing some of the most incredible hymns in the world. One was being, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchased of God, filled with goodness, washed in His blood. And here's what the Course says. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Now, if you've got cardboard testimony, I'm going to ask you to slip to your feet, please, and just step out and line up in the back. In just a few moments, what we're going to do, we're going to give you an opportunity to see some people's story. Some will be about salvation. Some will be about God's working in their lives. But each one of these is a story of what God is doing. 
Now, if you're here today and you know Jesus Christ, may this be a blessing and encouragement to you. But especially if you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want you to hear, I want you to see what God is doing in the lives of these 20, 25 people as they step across the stage. I want to tell you this. God has got a really bad rap because of religion. And I apologize for that. But God is not about religion. He's about a relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. And He is the real deal. So I'd like to leave us in a word of prayer. And team, if you'll come on up, please, and get ready. And what I'm going to have them to do is once the band start playing, uh, Miranda, I think you'll be leading it off. And you'll come up here and you'll stand right around. You'll hold your sign up and you'll flip it over and just let their printed words speak to their hearts. So as I pray, would you all just come on up, please? Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you. I am overwhelmed with the Christ of the cross. Help us, Father, right now to praise you. Help the redeemed to proclaim that they have been redeemed. May what we're fixing to see and experience, may it be a blessing to you and to us. And Jesus, we pray this in your precious name. Amen.